We are Pod Jerky, two Canadian buddies serving up multi-flavored audio jerky in every episode. If you like good times, strong coffee, maple syrup, swamp donkeys, hockey, the outdoors, common sense, dogs, conspiracy theories, sports, and life in general, then subscribe and follow our podcast and check out our social media channel at Pod Jerky. Pod Jerky, make it a double. Some of the topics discussed on Blackbird, an advocacy podcast, may be difficult to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 30 of Blackbird. Ooh, Blackbird is almost as old as we are. Yeah, we made it to 30. That's that's a nice round number. That's how far back in time Marty McFly went. No, Uh, Doc Brown went. Although, Marty also went back 30 years. Uh, back to the Future Day was the other day, actually. Oh. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. It was this year. They were joking on one the of the other... second movie, where he went into the future. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. The first movie, he went to the past. Right, but didn't he go... But isn't that the point, though? It's the point back is to go back to the future? To... Yeah, no, but the present. That's why there's the meme is that it's supposed to be called Back to the Present. I need to rewatch that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that was a minute of banter. Do you know that some podcasts do like 20 minutes of banter? Because banter is good. Right. But some of them do like Mm -hmm. complete tangent off topic banter. That's too much. For 20 minutes. Yeah. It's a lot. There's uh, a guy on YouTube. Um, He's a professional call of duty player technically he's like a professional streamer i don't think he competes anymore um he has over four million subscribers on youtube which is an f-ton and his videos even though he's technically playing the game in the background that you watch it because of his banter he bullshits about uh mixed martial arts and the game sometimes but also like other games but like he's got over four million people including me who just watch his videos for banter because he's a hilarious guy yeah I told you, I listen to a ton of podcasts yeah. just because I like the chemistry between the hosts yeah, and, and I sure. like what they talk about. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoy our banter. I think they do. I hope so. It's like they have friends. Yeah. Listening, you know, they can listen and they're like, there's actually, there's a meme. It's like they have no. friends. Burn. I didn't oh mean it God. like that. No, there's Burn. a <laughs> That's not what I meant. It's like that. No, it's like you, because you sit and listen to a podcast yeah. by yourself usually. And so, you know, you're alone, but you're listening to people who are like your friends and yeah. you like get involved in the right. in the conversation. There's right. a meme. It's that, better than listening to your coworkers. Oh, ugh. it's definitely better than listening to your coworkers. All right. So shall we actually get on to what we're supposed to be talking about today? Yes. Okay. So this is the conclusion of our Domestic Violence Awareness Month blackbird story arc i'm gonna steal that from yesterday yeah (laughs) well that's the word yes um we are gonna have one more episode on halloween but it's 
like it'll be a bonus episode so it doesn't really technically count in this capacity but october is domestic violence awareness month i think we've mentioned that every single episode this month so today's conclusion we're gonna basically just talk about the headlines of different domestic violence situations that have happened around the country to show everybody that it this happens way too often way too often so i'm gonna throw out some statistics at some point because you know i love statistics and um Basically, what I did was I just Googled, and this is going to sound really morbid, but, and the FBI is probably going to come after me if they see all of my Google history, um, but I Googled husband kills wife. Mm. And I can't tell you the amount of headlines that came up. All different stories, too. It wasn't like one story from different news outlets. It was just an entire first page of Google of recent cases where a husband committed a murder against his wife or murder suicide and yes this happens women kill their husbands as well or boyfriends girlfriends we have talked about that but the majority of cases we see a man as the perpetrator and a female as as the victim of the offense so with that said we'll get into some of the cases that i found Let's do it. All right. So in Warren, Michigan, there was a murder-suicide. And it happened at a gas station on October 10th, Saturday, October 10th. So this was only a couple of weeks ago. A 42-year-old man allegedly shot his 52-year-old wife before then turning the gun on himself. And this happened, like I said, at a gas station. Um, at the time, the couple was separated. There's not much more that I could find about this case. But according to clickondetroit.com, the family of the victim does say that there had been a history of domestic violence between the two of them. So that's just one case right now. And according to the... NCADV, 72% of all murder-suicides involve an intimate partner, and 94% of the victims of these murder-suicides are female. 94%. Right. Yeah, I mean... astounding. Yeah, that's that's kind of crazy. Um, But I mean, it's... That's the subject of your search, though, so... It makes sense that it would come up with that. No, 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 no. This is when I just went into the statistics on domestic violence. This okay. is from the the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Oh, okay. So, so these this is all all cases. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, okay. So yeah, that is that is an astoundingly high number. Yes. And that I'm surprised. I almost feel like that can't even be accurate because there are many instances of female partners. Um, committing violent acts against their male partners yes but this is when it comes to homicides yeah no i know yeah i'm I'm just surprised that number seems even higher than i would expect yeah it's i mean uh, yeah i would expect uh there to be more acts of violence committed by males against females um but i wouldn't have expected it to be 94 to 6 yeah so that's surprising i think 
maybe when we look at these numbers, people tend to report domestic violence more so when it's perpetrated against a female. So when a female kill, like, like we talked about in the, in the, um, the Ireland case, you know, she was a, a black widow. Like she had this really mm-hmm. glamorous title to her. It wasn't, they didn't necessarily talk about her as if she was a domestic abuser. You know what I mean? Right. But had that been a man against a woman, he would have been an, a, a domestic abuser. He would have right. been called a batterer. He would have, you know what I mean? Right. So. I think in general, and it's a weird thing, but it's it, it's a thing. In general, women who use violence, the idea of a woman using violence is sexy to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never understood that. Like, I, I really think that's weird. Like girls with guns, like you, you could just you could just do like a search for that on the internet, and you'll just get bombarded. Yeah. And like, if you go to work or whatever, or some social event, and talk about like, oh yeah, I saw this this chick rocking a Barrett, and I was like, whoa, that's so hot. It's like, is it? I don't understand. I don't get. It. And we've talked about that before too, about how I don't understand why straight white males, because that's what I am, so that's what I can speak to. <laughs> have this have this attraction to straight white females who do all the things that they want to do like so you just like yourself or you like people who do quote unquote manly things like well i don't maybe i don't know if it's i don't know if it's necessarily the manly part i will definitely agree with the potential that they like women who do the same things that they do because it could be an ego thing um, I also think that it's, you know, seeing a woman with a firearm isn't the norm. Mm-hmm. So it's like this dangerous kind of thing. You know, it's like when women are attracted to bad boys, mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing. Like it's the danger aspect. It's the, it's the mystery of, of what's really going on underneath kind of thing. And I know you want to make a point about that. Mm. And though, I also think that because firearms are phallic. Okay. And I think that that is just okay. generally a turn it. on to men. Which is weird. I've it's never... like if she's holding an eggplant. <laughs> or a banana. Or, right. I mean... Which I've also never, like, gotten. I don't, I don't get right. turned on when I see and a that's... woman holding an eggplant. Right, but... I'm like, I'm like, no, thank you. Eggplant is gross. I will have the chicken, please. Thank you. <laughs> what about a woman holding a fried chicken? A whole chicken that's been fried? Yeah, like she's just... That's hot. See? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That was a joke. That's not hot. I would like to eat some of the chicken, but I, I, won't, I wouldn't get aroused by it. Like people yeah. get aroused by stuff that I'm like, why is that arousing you? That's yeah. strange. Yeah. But... The point that I was going to make yes, go ahead. is that women like bad boys. We've talked about this before. That's that's not surprising at all. That's something that's ingrained in human psyche. That yes. your average, and again, I'll just I'll just talk about straight white females because that's what I have the most experience with. Your average human female um, likes bad boys because bad boys are represent power and strength. Yes, and going back a hundred thousand years, that meant that. 
that person was more likely to kill the saber-toothed tiger or kill the other tribe people and and protect you and your children. Right. So that's why that's evolutionarily drilled into yeah. the brains of females to like strong, powerful men. Yeah. Again, your average female. I understand that there's plenty of outliers. <sighs> right. Of course, as there are with everything. Right. But yeah, I think that the I think that the majority of it is because it's it's a phallic shaped object. Personally, that's uh-huh. just. But anyways, we, we went down that little bit of a tangent because, yeah. So there's this there's this connection between violent women, and that being this sexy idea. Right. And so I guess when you have a woman serial killer or a woman killer of any kind, people are like, oh, you know, men get to some extent turned on by that and then i think that maybe women get kind of empowered by that you know vicari living vicariously through this person like oh well she killed that asshole so maybe i could kill my asshole husband don't kill your asshole husband no just call the police yes um so yeah there's a lot of whereas if you just see a guy who killed his wife it's it's easier to do one of two things either just write him off and say oh well, he's a bad person or i don't know let's just leave it at that okay Cool. Um, so another headline that I saw was from the news9.com. And this is from Oklahoma City. OCPD husband kills wife himself impossible murder suicide in northwest Oklahoma City. So another murder suicide. This was October 23rd. So this literally was two days ago. And it was another firearms-related murder-suicide. Lieutenant Isaac Goodman with the Oklahoma City Police Department said officers responded to a call of a shooting. It was inside a residence. The caller said he had just shot his wife. Officers were eventually able to get into a position where they could see through a window into the house, and they were able to see both victims down inside the home suffering from Gunshot wounds. So while he was on the phone with 911, it seems as though he then shot himself as well. And then there was no response. Hmm. So when police arrived, they found both both victims. Oh, and good. There was a doggy home, but the doggy was not harmed. Very good. (laughs) We always like to hear that there's no harm of animals so again another murder suicide and we see this a lot too that the perpetrator will call the police and say i just committed this crime you better come and then they kill themselves and i've heard other 911 calls where they've killed themselves on the call right yeah i mean you see a lot of times where people who commit suicide, and I'm not saying all the time, I'm saying a lot of times, do it to make a point. You know what I mean? So they'll leave a note, or they'll do it in a public place, or they'll even just flat out say, here's why I'm doing this, and then do it. Right. Um, and in this case, in the case of a murder-suicide, there's the added fact that you've committed a homicide, but you know that it's going to end in your death, and you want to make sure that people know. Because you're here trying to make a point. Right. Yeah. 
it almost makes me think that they call 911 as almost to kind of be a martyr like to say hey i'm calling i have remorse over what i did right could be that too they feel like that will somehow save their soul right yeah um you know some of them may have remorse and that's also why they end up killing themselves because they feel like Mm-hmm. I can't live with what I just did now. But I, I I have to think that it's really that they're just trying to save face in a sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Or like I said, make their point. Or yes, exactly. Yep. Right. Um, so I'm going to throw out another statistic because both of these cases had to do with firearms, which I'm pretty sure so, uh, uh, the majority of the rest of them also do. This is also from the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence Statistics as well. So the presence of a gun in a domestic violence situation increases the risk of homicide by 500%. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. And that statistic is actually from... All of the statistics from the NCADV actually come from other places. They just put it into their little handy-dandy fact sheet. Um, So this came from a 2003 research article in the American Journal of Public Health by um, quite quite a few PhDs and MDs. Um, It's risk factors for femicide in abusive relationships results from a multi-site case control study. Uh, And 19% of domestic violence involves a weapon. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a homicide. It just means any sort of domestic violence, 19% involves a a weapon. Right. But then if there is a firearm, it increases the risk of an actual homicide. Right. It's just just easier to shoot someone than to stab them. Much. And it's also a stabbing is more survivable. Yes. Statistically speaking. Statistically. Right. Exactly. And... Yes, like you said, it's 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 much easier. Um, all right, this one really made me angry um, because of what this man ended up doing. So this is from the Daily Mail, and I don't normally use the Daily Mail because they're kind of tabloidy, but the headline was, Texas father, 48, murders his wife, 30, then uploads chilling video to YouTube blaming her... Because she was cheating on him. That doesn't surprise me at all. It doesn't surprise me either, but it makes me really angry. Right. So, apparently this man murdered his wife. He shot her. Again, no surprise there. I mean, the majority of them now are, you know, are firearms related. Um, he fled the scene. This was in Houston. He fled the scene. Then he recorded a four-minute YouTube video that was apparently supposed to be for his children. Like, I guess, explaining to his children, like, justifying why, why he, he did, did what, what he, he did. did. He said in it, quote, why me? And then complained about the fact that his hair was a mess. Hmm. So there's definitely something going on in his brain. Yes. And then... Basically said, she cheated on me, so she deserved to 
be murdered. Right. That's not a reason to kill somebody. No, it's not. Not a justification. It's That's not. also not a defense. So nope. if you say that someone cheated on you and then you try to get out of your murder, you know, first degree murder charge. You're still going to jail. You st- yeah, exactly. So not a justification for killing somebody. Sorry. Oh, ugh. The video is on the gross. Yeah, so he's wearing these glasses. His hair kind of falls into his face. And he says, ugh, my hair is a mess. Pushes his hair out of his face. And then says, I didn't choose this. Your mom chose this. No, I don't think so. No. I mean, look, she's a she's a shit person for cheating on her husband. Of course. But that doesn't mean that she wanted to die. No. That doesn't not, mean that she deserves to that die. That doesn't... No. That's she deserves not, to suffer and get some punishment out of this, yes. Right. <laughs> but, but not, uh, not but to not be to murdered. Die. No. 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 Uh, he also says in the video that he warned her not to mess with his emotions. Yeah, so there was definitely something going on in his brain that somebody should have been able to diagnose. But unfortunately, we talk about this all the time. Yes. How little, uh, how how casually mental health is taken in this country, in the whole of the world. But uh, this could have been prevented for sure. Had somebody been able to diagnose this guy and say, hey, there's something going on here and it could potentially result in violence. Yes. There may have also not been truth to her cheating like real cheating. Mm-hmm. So it says in the article that he had heard phone calls between the wife and another man where they talked about sex. Then he claims to have recorded her speaking to one man the day before she was murdered, telling him that she dreamed about them having sex. Right. So yes. He's probably just... Yeah, there's something going on. There's something going on in his head. He says on the video, I have audio of her talking to other guys. I didn't do nothing wrong to her. Well, you you did. You killed her. Right. That's wrong. So, there's no actual validity or evidence that says she truly cheated on him. He is living in this world where she is cheating on him. So he's in a completely different reality than she is. Right. Yeah, and for sure. So yeah, he, he made up these delusions that she was doing this to him. He said that he always felt like she was che- she was going to cheat on him because of their age difference. 18 years. Right. So it was almost like he got into this relationship just already thinking well she's gonna cheat on me because of their age difference oh for sure yeah so i mean he yeah he might have yeah he definitely has some 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 sort of maybe personality disorder a little bit of narcissistic maybe quite possibly yeah so this happened Ugh, i can't even keep looking at his face like i'm scrolling through this his face is just like grossing me out so the article is from friday so this happened very recently also. Whew, all right. Um, so then we have another article. This is another murder-suicide with a firearm out of California. This is from mercurynews.com. 
investigators, a strange husband kills wife, then fatally shoots himself on California hiking trail. And this was about a week ago. This was Friday, October 16th. So apparently he shot her inside a parked car and then walked a few miles away to the hiking trail where he then took his own life. And a hiker came across his body on the trail Friday morning. So I guess a few hours after it had happened. So apparently they were estranged and uh, had been living separately from one another. They don't have a motive yet, but I mean, it seems like all of these cases, it was almost this, you know, the, the perpetrator didn't want to let go of the relationship. Yeah. Especially when it came to the murder suicides. It was, I don't want to let you go. I'm not letting anybody else have you. So I'm going with you. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you get, you know, a lot of these cases, I think the people who end up committing the violent act, they're unsatisfied with the situation. But when they take steps to end the situation, they realize that that's even worse. And so they feel trapped. And that's why it escalates to a murder-suicide. Is because they, like you said, they think, well, no one else can have them, but I know I can't either, so we both have to die. Right. As opposed to just saying, I can't live like this, so I'm going to not, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I'm so, and, and thus leading to an individual suicide. Right. Um, they feel like... And then another, another aspect is that people refuse to accept blame a lot of times. Yes. Um especially when they in fact have accepted it subconsciously they know that there's something that they've done to cause the current situation with which they're unsatisfied but consciously they don't want to accept that so they deny and deny and deny it um and that just leads to this this feed this negative feedback loop in their own mind right where they keep trying to fight it only to come to the conclusion that it is their fault and they just can't handle it. And so that's what leads to the suicide and, and the murder part of it or, or whatever violence they end up doing is just their way of lashing out on the world. Yeah. For its its degree of culpability. Right. Yeah. And their unhappiness. Exactly. I mean, as we saw in the case with the man who made the YouTube video, you know, he was blaming everyone else. Yeah. He was saying, this isn't my fault. I did nothing wrong. Like, you just murdered your wife, your your children's mother, and you're saying you did nothing wrong and that you're blaming her for you murdering her. They can't they can't accept the blame. So yeah, I think in the murder suicide cases it's they're blaming all the other people and then they can't put that blame on themselves. So they're just going to off everybody in the situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very confusing thing to do. And no one, you know, at the, at the risk of oversimplifying it, no one in their right mind, quote unquote, uh, commits suicide, right. honestly. You have to be, and I don't mean it as a judgment, I understand that some people have had loved ones commit suicide and they and they don't understand but the fact is no one who's thinking clearly commits suicide. Correct. Um, because it's, no matter how crappy your life is, there's always some remote possibility 
<clears throat> that it can get better, even if you think it's garbage. There's always some way that it could possibly get better. But when you take your own life, there is no way it's going to get better. Right. So, I mean, that's just that's just simple logic. So when you're willing to take your life, clearly you're not thinking straight. Right. Uh, now, what degree that, you know, not thinking straight is too is something that has to be looked at in each individual case. Somebody could, in fact, be suffering from severe mental illness. Yes. Or somebody could be, you know, just depressed, right. um, for lack of a better word. So, but but in 100% of cases of suicide, the person is not thinking clearly, not thinking logically. So the point that I'm trying to make is that when someone commits any kind of anything suicide, murder, suicide, whatever it may be, they're not thinking straight. They're not thinking clearly. So there's, you know, you can't really think like, well, why did they do it? You, you can you can come up with justifications like this guy said, oh, I, he was angry with his wife and that's why he killed her. Mm-hmm. But if he were a totally rational person, he may not have killed his wife. Right. I mean, I, I think really it, it could be argued that no totally rational person kills someone who's right. not currently attempting to kill them. Exactly. Yeah. So they're very confused and they don't know what to do. Right. And this is just all they can think of. And again, in his situation, it seems like he was creating this this completely fabricated world. Right. This completely unreal reality. Right. For him. Right. And he was he was making up facts to justify that perception. Yes, exactly. All right. We have two more cases that I want to talk about briefly. So um, this case comes from nbcnews.com so this one made national news um this is out of new albany indiana and it is from september 3rd husband charged with wife's murder after child reported witnessing the killing Jeez, that sucks how old was this child so the son was eight years old Damn, that'll mess you up. Yes. He apparently told a school official that he saw his father murder his mother in the basement of their home by stomping on her and then stabbing her with a set of keys. Oh, my God. Incredibly brutal. Yeah. She had been missing for a little while, and it was about a month after the murder that the the son actually came forward to tell Oh, wow. The school official. So he had to live with that for a month. For a month. Jeez. Yeah. And Eight I years don't... Old. I mean, I don't know if it was fear from his father that his right. father would retaliate, if he just didn't know how to express what he saw, if he didn't even understand what he saw. I oh, mean, I'm sure. Yeah. There could have been so many emotions going through that child. There could have been so many emotions going through that child's mind that I can't even... I can't even imagine. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he probably understood. I think by eight, you understand the physical act there. Right. Um, but I'm sure he didn't know how to process it. Right, of course. Exactly. And um, so police found blood spatter at the bottom of the basement stairs. And surveillance footage actually showed the man putting, um, moving the 55-gallon container from storage um, uh, at the end of August. Which is where her body was. Okay. He had put her in this 55-gallon drum. Mm-hmm. When police executed a search warrant on the storage unit where he moved it to, 
they found her body inside the the container. Wow, so month old remains in a in a drum in a storage unit. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And so the autopsy showed that um she died from blunt force trauma to right. the head and torso. Jeez. As corroborated by unfortunately by the son who That's after that, man. witnessed it happen. Uh, in court, he also told the judge that he strangled her. So, I- incredibly personal yeah, uh, acts on her. Definitely. Strangulation, stomping, stabbing with keys. I mean, these are very, very personal attacks. Yeah. So, uh, with that case, I just want to throw out another statistic from the NCADV. So one in 15 children are exposed to intimate partner violence each year. And 90% of these children are eyewitnesses to this violence. Wow. 90%. That's crazy. Because then that's, you can't possibly be totally mentally healthy after that. No. I mean, I'm sure plenty of them do go on to live normal lives and maintain normal relationships. But that's... That's something that's going to stay with you for yes. the rest of your life. Exactly. And I mean, and that's something that's on the ACEs uh, scale. Yeah. yeah. You know, have you witnessed childhood trauma? And Yeah. So, like, not only are you left with two lives that have ended, one person who is dead and one person who is either dead or in jail. Right. But there's at least one other life that's maybe not ended, but is going to be impacted negatively significantly. And in many cases, I'll, I'll bet you these people's lives do end prematurely because of the impact of witnessing that and at the very least it's got to make things more difficult for them children who witness trauma uh, in in childhood are at higher risk of becoming alcoholics drug addicts um getting into unhealthy toxic relationships so yes exactly they they could be leading a life that could end sooner than it should because of their mental state, because of the choices that they're making based on, based on their psyche. All right. So there's one more case that I want to discuss. And this one I believe made national news as well. I've heard about it on a couple of um, true other true crime podcasts. Um, This is from NBCBoston.com and it comes out of New Hampshire Jealous husband killed man made wife decapitate his body. New Hampshire prosecutors say. Wow. So this man catches his wife cheating, kills the man, and then forces her to decapitate her lover. Fair enough. No. <laughs> no. so it's another way to torture her without killing her he's torturing her Mm -hmm. he's saying to her you are to blame for what i just did now you're going to finish the job and you are going to take part in ruining this man because you ruined our relationship right so yeah, those are those are the headlines that I found. Um, 
so as you can all see this these are not isolated incidents these these happen all over the country very frequently unfortunately and in many cases it really seems like they're preventable very people will just take mental health seriously yes yes you know and 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 furthermore if people who are in these situations take them seriously enough if you're in a relationship that seems like it's showing any of these signs that we talk about in these cases you need to get out yes you need to get out I understand that in some, you know, religions or cultures, divorce is not an option, but... You should leave that religion or you, culture then. You, right. You, you, need, you need... Your safety comes first. Mm-hmm. Your safety comes first above everything else. So if you are in one of these situations and you're married to this person, it is justified to leave that relationship, to get a divorce, to file for divorce. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely absolutely justifiable oh yeah as we saw though a lot of these were estranged relationships so these were probably people who had been filing for divorce or were contemplating it if that is the situation i understand that you maybe have children together so you need to let that person know where you are but file a restraining order against them never be alone with them so if you have to, you know, drop your kids off for a visitation, make sure someone's with you. Don't be alone with this person. Yeah. Oh, definitely don't. And definitely if you don't alone. have children, even better, don't tell them where you are. Just right. get out. Do not tell them where you've gone. And again, file a restraining order. I mean, you know, the the piece of paper isn't going to do much, but at least it's a start. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we talk about it all the time, but safety plan, you know, call the domestic violence hotline and, and talk to them about safety planning and figuring out how you can get out of these situations. And if you aren't that deep in, if you're not married to this person or you haven't been with them yet for, you know, a, a long time, you will see signs and red flags in the beginning of the relationship. Even if they act like Prince Charming, you're still going to see particular things and if you have to even question it you shouldn't be in it you shouldn't be in it if you have to say to to somebody you know he he said this weird thing but like i'm just gonna let it go don't let it go don't let it go don't let it go because as we say all the time they're testing the waters they're trying to see the small things that they can get away with so that they can start getting away with larger larger and larger things These are people who want to control the situation in every aspect. So when they start to see that they can control little things and they can like do little jabs at you and you're, you're just laughing it off, they know that they've got you and they can continue down that trajectory of, of bigger and better things. Do not let that happen. Do not let it get bigger. Nip it in the bud as soon as you see. And if you have to justify to your friends, if your friends are saying to you, you know, I don't really like the way that he talks to you or, you know, I don't think that that's appropriate that he tells you where you can go or how much money you can spend or what you can wear. Listen to your friends. If you have to justify to them like, oh, you know, I really I really shouldn't wear that. No, wear whatever you want. 
Spend whatever money you want if it's your money. Don't think that these little things are only these little things. We say it all the time, but get out as early as you can. Yes, as early as possible. You should only need to use any of this advice if you're in some kind of weird situation where you can't get out. Yeah. Where you've, you know, it's gotten to the point where doors are locked from the outside, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. As soon as you're just in your living room and you feel like you're in danger from your loved one, just, just go. Yeah. Just walk out the door, get in your car and go. And don't go back. Right. Because I don't care if nothing happened. The fact that you thought that you were in danger from this person means that you should not be around this person. Correct. At all. Correct. I, I don't care how long of a history you have. You should never feel that you're in danger. Yes. From someone that you spend your life with. <laughs> and if you if you left and you left belongings at their home, say you were living with them or something or you were staying over and you just you decided I'm out and I'm not even going to worry about taking my stuff with me. Most places you can call the police mm-hmm. and go back with them to right. collect your belongings so that you are with a safe person. Yeah, I know. I, I know uh, two guys that I work with who have gone through divorces and that's what right. they had to do in exactly. both cases. Exactly. Is yep. They had, in the one case, the guy had the police escort him mm-hmm. to the house so he could get stuff. In the other case, it was vice versa. Right. His ex, now ex-wife had the police bring her to the house so that... Um, and in that case, she didn't need it, but whatever. The point that we're trying to make is that you can have police go with you, and Absolutely. then you're fully safe. Absolutely. The police are there to serve and protect. Yeah, that's why you pay the taxes that pay their salaries. Correct. So They're there to help you. If there is a domestic issue and you are scared to go back and completely understandable um, that you are would be scared to go back, you shouldn't be going back alone. Um, and you shouldn't even technically be going back with just a friend or something at that point. Um, call the police and, and exactly have them escort you and, and have them come inside with you and walk around the home with you to gather your belongings or have them stay with the person in a separate room so that they can keep an eye on that person. So that person cannot get to you or they will sometimes bring you to the home when that person is not even home. They'll figure out a time when that person is out so that you can go with with them, again, be escorted by the police. Um, but then you won't have to interact with that person at all. So these are all options. And to be honest, I know a lot of people don't know that these options are there. So again, that's why we do this. We're telling you that this is an option that you can take. Um, the police are there to protect you. So utilize that. Utilize that. So if you or someone you know is in a situation like this, you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE, S-A-F-E, which is 7233. You can also go to their website at thehotline.org and talk to somebody 24-7 in their live chat. And you can, of course, as we say all the time, message us on Instagram at Blackbird Advocacy. We can give you resources. We can give you information. We can just talk to you, whatever you need. Um, We can provide hopefully. And uh, if you need local information to where you are, we can also provide that. So don't hesitate to reach out to any of these things. They are there to help. We are here to help. We want to keep you safe and we want to make sure that you 
are not in these situations. Any parting words for this? No, just as usual. You know, it's the same thing we say every time that we just spent 10 minutes talking to you about. If, if you're in a dangerous situation, get out, period. I don't, I don't care if it's a domestic violence issue, if it's, if it's your friends that you just feel like are going to jump you, or if you're at a job that you feel is unsafe, just, just leave. You got to look out for number one, man. You got to look out for yourself. And I don't care what it is. I don't, I don't care if it's your job that you really like the job, but that guy from accounting seems like he's going to go crazy and bring a gun in, get out. Mm. Uh, You know, I don't care how many coworkers are there that you want to you know help get them out with you that's noble but like if you think something's happening get out get out now uh if you're in a a friend group and like i said you feel like these are just jerks and they're just gonna jump you one day then just don't go out with them anymore and if you're in a relationship that you feel like the other person is going to use violence against you don't be in that relationship do not put yourself in a situation to be the victim of violence or the victim of anything ever regardless of what it is nothing is worth your life Period. Exactly. And we're not saying that, you know, you should go into a relationship assuming that something bad is going to happen. You shouldn't have gone into the relationship in the first place. No, 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 no. I'm just <laughs> saying that it's, we're not, we're not victim blaming here. No. We're not saying that it's, it's something that we should assume happens. We should assume the opposite. We should assume right. that when we get into a relationship, we're going to have a wonderful, healthy relationship and that is anything from a domestic situation with an intimate partner to a friendship to anything with a, a, a familial relationship a coworker anything like that we should not be putting we should not have to put ourselves in situations that are unhealthy or toxic right so we are not at all saying that you are the person to blame if you don't get out of that no situation that's not at all what this is we we do not victim blame because we know that it is very difficult to get out of some of these situations and sometimes we don't even realize that we are in these situations but we are here to try to inform you of signs to look out for right if you find yourself possibly in one of these situations right and and if you're not in the situation yet the point that i'm trying to make is don't put yourself in a situation. I'm not blaming you for having gotten into that situation. What I'm saying is try not to get yourself into those situations in the first place. Right. right. If you find yourself becoming attracted to someone and you know they have a history of abuse, just don't do it. Exactly. Do not get into that relationship. Exactly. And if you have made the mistake of getting into that relationship, get out. Right. <laughs> as soon as you can. As soon as you can. I'm not blaming. I'm just trying to give advice. Exactly. Yeah. We have to look out for ourselves, like you said. Mm-hmm. We are, we're number one. Put your own mask on first, and then you can put everybody else's masks on. Exactly. Our safety is priority. So with that said, I think that's that's it for episode 30. And uh, that's the close of Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I hope we have made you a little more aware. Yeah, and don't don't close your awareness to domestic violence. This is something that we need to be aware of. And this is one of those things that we always talk about how... We do this to try to push forward people's understanding of mental health so that we can create a better future. Right. You know, I know that sounds idyllic, but uh, idealistic, but that's why we're doing this. And so we want you guys to come away from these episodes uh, understanding how to maybe push a better 
a better future for everybody. And one of the ways is to always be aware of domestic violence and not just in your own case, but in your family and your friends' cases. If you know somebody who's in a relationship that you think it may be violent, speak to them. Yes. You know, uh, Speak to the person who you think may be the victim. Speak to the person who you think may be the abuser. Do so in a safe fashion, of oh, course. Yes. Mm-hmm. Don't be like, hey, I'm going to follow you to a dark alley and then blame you for being an abuser. Right. That would be a bad idea. Terrible. <laughs> um, you know, get other people involved if you have to. Mm-hmm. And look, the worst thing that happens, the worst thing that happens is that if you're doing this in a safe way, is that you're wrong and it wasn't a domestic abuse situation. And then you just apologize and hope that the people can understand that you just had their best interests in mind right um and if they don't then forget them <laughs> right you and know if somebody came along i have i have a wonderful healthy loving relationship and if one of my friends said hey i think you need to get out of your relationship because sarah's abusing you i'd be like no it's not the truth right and i wouldn't be like you're an a-hole for thinking that i would just be like i don't know what you what gave you that idea there right. are no signs of this i'm not going to hate the person for suggesting and i'm going to be like thanks for having my back but not necessary yeah so, yeah, always be aware of these things from the, in the next, the rest of your life. Yes. Not just this month, not just after you finish watching this episode, listening to this episode, but always be aware that, you know, we, we say, see something, say something. Exactly. Always be aware that you can be the one to potentially save a life. Right. And don't push the person because that's going to make your relationship worse and more strained. You want to be there to support that person. So if that person, unfortunately, is not ready to leave that relationship, don't push it. Don't say you have to get out. You have to get out. Because when when people are in very deeply into these relationships, it's very difficult to get out. And it's very difficult for them to see what other people are seeing. So maybe just continue talking to them. Yeah. Maybe have other people talk to them, like, like Dan mentioned. Um, you know, not really, not in like an intervention kind of way, right. but like, you know, in a, in a, in a supportive, comforting way. Just, Hey, we're all going out tonight. You should come out with us. Right. Or, you know, we're, we're here for you and you need to talk to us, mm-hmm. you know, provide them with information, but make it, make it in a safe way. Because if they, if their abuser finds out that you are giving them this information, it could be very detrimental. So do that in a mindful and safe way. Have them listen to our podcast. Uh, you know, if you find that there's an episode that that especially resonates with whatever situation you you find your friend or family member or loved one in, have them listen to that episode or just take the tips that we're talking about to them. You know, t- talk to them and say, hey, they, you know, they talked on Blackbird about whatever it was. So there are different ways, but you ju- you have to go about it in a very gentle and supportive way. Don't come at it like like a wrecking ball. It's not you're not going to get anywhere like that. Soft, gentle, comforting, supportive, kind, compassionate. I mean, all of those all of those words. Just try to be there for them. Support and listen. That's really, that's the best you can do. And, and hopefully it will come out to be a good, a good situation in the end. So you can always find us on our social media and all of our podcast platforms. (laughs) Brain fart. 
at our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Blackbird Advocacy. You can email us if you have a story that you would like to share at blackbirdadvocacy at gmail.com. Like I said earlier, you can message us on Instagram at blackbirdadvocacy. And I do want to just throw out another um, update. We didn't do this in the beginning, which I wanted to, but totally slipped my mind. I think it was episode three that we did the Conrad Roy III case where Michelle Carter was convicted of his murder because of the text messages that she sent to him when he committed suicide. She basically like was found to have facilitated his his death um, via text message. And uh, Dan and I read some of those text messages um, on the episode and they were very difficult to read, to speak out, to just be in the presence of. I mean, this was just such a horrible case that, again, could have been prevented. This was a mental health concern on the part of Conrad and she latched on to that and fed that and is a garbage person. But anyway, so she was released early from prison. Can you guess why? COVID. No. No. Good behavior. Good behavior. Come on. There's no such thing. <sighs> You're in jail You're for a-, a violent act. Ex- the good behavior ship has sailed. So she's out now, and um, I don't, it's disgusting, but she's out. All right. So be safe, be aware of your surroundings, and always social distance, even when there is not a pandemic. Because staying away from people makes you the safest in all respects. <laughs> all right. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. everyone i am nick and i'm russ and if you're looking for a podcast about current events that's well informed highly educated and safe to share with your whole family that's not us nope it's not but here at the nick and russ don't know anything podcast we have an opinion about everything and don't mind sharing it that we do new episodes every wednesday and saturday check us out at nickandrust.com and find us on apple spotify iHeartRadio, and many more including youtube thank you and i love you all Mwah.